the Attuned to You podcast. I am Ash Marshall Adele, spiritual teacher and mentor, healer, intuitive, medium, empath, Reiki master and teacher, light worker, meditation facilitator, meditative artist, crystal therapist, master's degree teacher, and author of the book, Lightbound, A Healer's Journey Through Trauma, CPTSD, and Anxiety. The Attuned to You podcast is where we delve into the intersection of energy, matter, and the infinite possibilities of you. And here we connect, learn, and grow through stories, skills, and tools that help you turn more deeply into yourself for developing more ease, clarity, capability, and insight. Ancestors feature hugely in our lives. The long lines of our very genetics, the snake, the DNA double helix, which resides in each of us, and the very cells themselves, the blueprints, We often say we have such and such a feature of someone, or that someone sounds or acts just like so-and-so. Science states that we are 60% nature and 40% nurture. It can be both a curse and a blessing. And I would say that we have more impact on ourselves and our lives than that percentage indicates in many ways because we are changeable and even evolvable. Our ancestors live on within us. They also often hang with us, standing behind us with their love, wishes, hopes, dreams, and so much more. I have had departed mothers, fathers, aunts, uncles, dear friends, grandmothers and grandfathers ask me to please pass along a message to friends, co-workers, and family members. Many times they have wished for forgiveness and understanding, for even in death many of our dear ones carry their sorrows and regrets, just as we do. Many have wished me to convey their love, to give comfort, and let ones that they love know that they are still here, watching over them. Even our furry loved ones sometimes remain sentinels and comforting presences in our lives. Our ancestors' lives are incredibly rich tapestries, woven of all their experiences, wisdom that they gained by having lived through all of it, and all the pains, sorrows, angers, regrets, joys, wishes, dreams, and connections to the many, many lives that they touched and that touched theirs. Just think of all that our elders have witnessed and lived through. Many of our grandparents or great-grandparents saw the unfolding of the most enormous changes in our world. Horse pulled wagons and carts on giant farms that took an entire day to go to town and back, to gas-powered cars that traveled that distance in no time at all. My grandmother told me how once she pulled up some of the wild onions from the yard and ate them with a biscuit that she took from the kitchen as a little girl. She was spanked because those biscuits and wild onions were dinner. She also said that she was lucky because at least they could raise their food and didn't starve. Our elders lived through World War I and the loss of brothers, fathers, husbands, sons, grandsons, uncles, cousins, and neighbors. World War II, the Korean War, the fear of being bombed by communists, the Vietnam War, war with Afghanistan, Desert Storm, the Twin Towers, and loss after loss of loved ones. They lived through multiple market crashes and rises, losses of jobs, the invention of the telephone with party lines to a private line to rotary phones, to cell phones, from giant computers that took up entire rooms to powerful computers that fit in the palm of your hand and could do complex mathematical computations and call and email people around the world in seconds, what once took days, weeks, or months as they awaited for news from loved ones through letters. Airplanes and commercial flights, kitchen gadgets, microwave ovens, fast food, 
beauty salons and barbershops make up countless fashion changes. In just over 100 years, so much changed that life would seem nearly incomprehensible. Yet through it all, our elders adapted and learned so much how to drive cars, use phones, computers, microwaves, and many, many other things besides. They married and watched their children, grandchildren, and even great-grandchildren grow, and through all of it, they hoped. They hoped for their children and hoped for a better future. Last fall, I attended the wedding of a young lady that I have known for quite a long time, a wedding set against the backdrop of COVID and an uncertain future, yet they were filled with joy, hope, and excitement. We were seated, and shortly thereafter, the service began. As I sat there listening to the sermon, I became aware that I had pressed my tongue to the roof of my mouth, just behind my front teeth, which is something I only do when I am running a lot of light. Curious, I tuned into my second side and realized that I was indeed running a lot of light, and with good reason. The church had a very large number of departed ones amongst the various wedding attendees. I happened to be sharing space with a ghost, her body standing right in front of me and her legs running through mine from knees to feet. Standing to the right of the altar was a priest who had not passed over. I was curious about him and asked him, Why haven't you crossed over yet? And he replied, I still have work to do. And none of this was out loud, mind you. He asked if I wished to talk him with him more, but I politely refused. Still, I did wonder what would have kept him there. I also wondered how many of the ghosts there were with the attendees and how many had simply remained with the church. I have never been in a building with that many ghosts in one place. I was curious if they were attached to the place or if they were simply there with their loved ones. I have often wondered about the connections that hold the departed to earth. The dearest connections that we hold within us do not vanish with loved ones depart, for not only do we carry lines of our families joined together within us, we also carry the memories and the heart connectors to family and to those we claim as family, whether they are related or not. And even though each of us shares characteristics with family, we are also each of us a unique individual, meaning there exists nowhere on the planet someone exactly like us. We are the embodiment of long lines of ancestors who survived, who made it through life, who thrived despite all odds to bring us here into this world. We are also able to pick and choose which parts of ourselves we will work with because it serves us really well, and which parts we will let go because those parts don't serve us, such as learned behaviors and beliefs. We are all a blend of strengths and weaknesses. We are all adaptable in so many ways. Think about the evolutionary development of mankind, the intermingling of traits, life emerging from water, inhabiting the land for a bit, returning to the water, only to emerge again to slowly over eons evolve into who we are now. One of my absolute favorite documentaries is Walking with Beasts, narrated by Kenneth Brenna. It discusses the many different evolutions of the animal kingdom and is a fascinating look at the many traits that have gone into making humans who, what, and how we are today. Everything from our lungs, our inner ears, our hips, our hearts, and even the many layers of our brains derives from ancestors that have inhabited this earth, some of them millions of years ago. Geneticists are still working on unlocking the genes that determine so much of us. It will be interesting to see what discoveries scientists continue to make as they make take further strides into the human genome. Of course, they have already made many discoveries. The Human Genome Project, begun in the 90s, was comprised of a group of scientists who wished to understand the base pairs 
They mapped our DNA and learned how and even when we moved about the Earth based on genetic markers. They studied how we evolved as we moved, adapting to different environments, but still carrying the genes from the very first ancestral pair in Africa. The physical differences that we all have are looks, as it were, such as the epicanthic fold and the amounts of melanin in the skin account for less than 0.2% of our DNA. We are all an intermingling of countries and cultures from our backgrounds of our long lines of ancestors. It is also interesting that there is only less than 2% difference between our DNA and that of the gorilla, a primate just like we are. We tend to think of ourselves as highly evolved humans, however we are also part of the animal kingdom. We like to categorize the world according to main, kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, and species. But at our very base, we are still animals, sharing a great deal in common with other animals, specifically mammals. Communication, emotions, problem-solving, vision, hearing, and even similarities in body parts. According to some researchers, all the diversity that you see in regards to the animal kingdom derives from seven base forms. And if you look at the embryos of many species, you see a tail. Human embryos have one. But the DNA code that regulates changes during different stages of development, the turning on and off of genes, triggers the programmed cell death and reabsorption of the cells of the tail during our time in the womb. How remarkable. Through each generation within a particular environment, we have adapted. Our ancestors evolved, adapted, and survived some of the harshest environments possible. They managed to bring forth children who survived and even thrived. Ancestors from ancient to now taught their children how to live within the environment, how to find, grow, and raise food, create shelter, and even move in accordance with the seasons, cycles, and an ever-changing world. We are the sum total of eons worth of learning and adaptability, and are built for survival. Adaptability is simply another means of learning, and often involves looking at the environment in which we find ourselves from a different perspective. It also can involve looking at our own genetic lineage and finding within ourselves the power and wisdom of our ancestors. After all, you are here, which means the ancient lines of your foremothers and forefathers learned how to be wherever they found themselves. They are part of our past, part of who we are now, and even part of who we will become. The family tree has roots that emerge from the very earth, air, water, and fire of this planet. The many family histories, the fairy tales, myths, legends, stories, and folk tales contain within them much richness of our ancestry relationships, learning, growth, and understanding of a complex and dynamic world. Many of the stories that we read show how we humans have changed and grew, and how we continue to do so as we evolve our understanding of the natural world of humans, of science, and of the interconnectedness of all things. Many of the stories help us to connect and make meaning as to the why and how. When you think about the long line of your DNA, of the changes of all who came before you, and of your own changes as you have grown from an infant to an adult, perhaps you may consider, and maybe even journal, what do you feel are some of the gifts that you received from your ancestors, that you developed as you grew, and that you learned through living your own experiences? Your strengths and capabilities, determination, persistence, empathy, logic, intuition, spatial reasoning, eye-hand coordination, ear for languages, creativity, organization, a strong immune system, a cast iron stomach, memory like an elephant, music, art, poetry, mathematics, engineering, biology, curiosity, culinary magic, green thumb, 
confidence, navigation skills, hunting skills. There are too many to even name. What are some ways that you can further grow your own unique blend of gifts? You bring from within you both a promise and a fulfillment of hopes and dreams of your ancestors, and you are also your own person. What traits do you have that you can help to blossom within you to find your own fulfillment as an individual? What are some of the weaknesses? Maybe what is one growing step you might take or think about taking using all of your marvelous strengths to aid you? What do you appreciate about both the challenges and the blessings of your life that have helped you to become who you are now and even further to who you will become in the future? Perhaps you could consider creating the story of you. What draws you? What repels you? What helps you keep on keeping on when life gets rough? Sometimes incredibly rough. Perhaps you could place a post-it note with a word, a symbol, or maybe even a picture of a wish, hope, or dream that you've always had in a place you will see frequently. A reminder that things do change. Perhaps you could name a trait that you admired in others and wished for yourself. Maybe you can ask a trusted elder or friend to share what they have learned about life, love, and loss through their experiences. Maybe even a bit of wisdom on dealing with the pressure of COVID life. Maybe you can ask your grandparents for their stories as both children and parents, for much of their experience shaped them and their lives, and thus yours. Life transforms us as much as we transform it, yet perhaps the greatest gift is the ability that we have to transform ourselves for we are all butterflies. The way that we become, the life cycle of birth, growth, transformation, emergence, freedom, death, and decay from the very cells of our bodies to learning and growth that we do again and again throughout our lives. And lastly, perhaps you might ponder how your own life and story will merge with the flow of other lives, of future generations, and of learning. If you were to write your story, what would you want it to say? And more importantly, how would you want to feel when you finished reading it? Thank you for listening. If you would like to connect or learn more about me and what I do, please visit my website. The link is in the episode description. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and share.